This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Welcome once again to the Blurring the Lines podcast. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening. And this is episode 165. I am your host, Peter Nicolaitis. As always, with me is Adam Bell. I am totally off script today because it I can like be the first time <laughs> a loyal idiot and not let my clients down, even though they should be. How are you, Adam? <laughs> oh, I'm doing I'm doing right on right on par with that. <laughs> Oh, wow. So real quick, let me get my stuff out of the way. And then I want to hear all about you for the last, you know, how many weeks it's been. Um, I have been all morning for like the third or fourth time. I need to go back and check my my schedule and, and my billables, trying to upgrade this firewall for a client out in the Midwest by remote. And it has been an exercise in pulling teeth. And <laughs> I kid you not, at least half of the time, probably much more of this whole project has been just me listening to the on-site guy, not doing what he's told, not listening, and then not knowing how to do what he's told once he does listen. Oh my. Literally hours go by and I'm like, no, don't. And then they call in SOFOs for tech support. And sometimes they've been really helpful. Sometimes they just have no clue and they're reading from a script and it just takes up the whole time. And then like, I listen to this for half an hour and then finally get it fed up and like, can't we just do this? And they're like, oh yes, we can try that. And then that spends spawns another hour of wheel spinning while they figure out how to you ever deal with a guy like, you know, doesn't know how to tell which internet, which, which ethernet interface he's connected on yeah or how to it's, disable this one so that you know the traffic's going out that one and <laughs> constant it's just been constant so that's that's why this one this I, I gave them two hours this morning they got six nice <laughs> i'm billing for them but they still got them i'm never yeah. getting those hours back <laughs> so how have you been <laughs> Oh, I'm doing well. The uh, just, I mean, life in general has been really busy and then uh, work has been really busy. You know, we're, I'm trying to hire. It has been, hiring has been one of the most difficult things that I've done the last year. Tell me about it. <laughs> uh, I mean, and I've, I've, and it's not that there are not people. There are people. They're just not the right people for my team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, we've yep. conducted over 200 interviews. I mean, not holy 200, moly, not 200 interviews, 200 applicants, and okay. at least 30 interviews that Whoa, still holy moly that never came to me. Like they never got even through the screening. So right now, I've got three p- potential good teammates, and I'm trying to figure out how to uh, pay for them all because I can't afford all three of them. <laughs> you know, but it's like, they're here. I need them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what hiring process are you using? Well, so I have gone back and forth between Indeed and ZipRecruiter. And okay. then we, 
we screen them after that. So we find them there and then we conduct an interview with Robin and then she's got a scorecard that she's trying to fill out once, once they get enough stars to be passed on to me, then I interview them. And if they go through me, then I, inter then my team interviews them. And if my team agrees with it, then we do an offer letter. So okay. Yeah, it's kind of based on Jeff Smart's. Uh, yep. Yeah, the, That's what the I lots was wondering. Of, lots of uh, lots of questions. The checklist, which and and of course Jeff Smart's procedure is all based on the checklist manifesto. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, until one day. You know, mm -hmm. So yeah, I was I was curious if you were still using that methodology because that's what mm -hmm. I did. Um, but uh, I found out that, you know, if you uh, essentially are crafty enough and you can get people to lie for you, um, that uh, even that can be outsmarted. Yeah. I mean, we've, I've, I, I had to let go a guy that got all the way through. Um, yep. He interviewed well. He wasn't a bad person, actually. I mean, mm -hmm. he was a, he was a, as a teammate goes, you would like him as a teammate. Right. Until you had to do his work for him. Yeah, that's uh, that's where you lose me. You know, that's yeah. where it's no, it's not fun anymore. It's not fun anymore. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, and he's not like I said, nice guy. You know, very kind-hearted, very you know, positive to the team. But he became negative to the team when he couldn't do the job. I had one of those. <laughs> you know, I had one of those, and um, I really recently. It's kind of funny. Um, I uh, heard an article about uh, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Apparently, this trend nowadays is Zoom, Zoom hiring, where mm -hmm. you essentially have someone else, especially for a fully remote position, someone else interviews for you and everything, and then uh, you show yeah. up to actually do the job. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> now, I don't think that's what happened in my case. But I am very completely, thoroughly convinced that the guy I hired had some help mm -hmm. in the interview process. <laughs> because on the interview, there was always a, a delay. And since he was from another country and English, English was his second language, I just assumed it was a little bit of a language barrier. He needed a little bit of time to process, right? Yeah, yeah no problem. So I was like, all right, that's cool. Um, but... Now, in hindsight, especially when I saw his resignation letter and, you know, communicating with him for a month or so, I can tell what he wrote and what he did not write. <laughs> yeah. He did not write his application. He did not write his resignation letter. And I am also convinced he did not write the answers to a bunch of the questions that I gave him during his interview. So you'll like this. So I'm hiring a senior system admin slash project manager to help me with onboarding new clients. Yep. design architecture so one of the questions that i have uh robin doing because she can't ask a lot of there's not a lot of technical questions that can be conducted in an interview yep. but i asked some very basic ones so i'm asking a system admin senior system admin a potential client i asked them how many devices can be on the following subnet 255.255.255 dot zero i've okay. made it super super easy and i told her did, I he said, get, did he get close did he get within within the plus or minus for the gateway the broadcast and the network address or was he not even in the same hemisphere he was close 
but so wrong. <laughs> so okay, because it's I, some. I, I'll, I'll be honest. If someone told me two hundred fifty five. 256, 254. I'd probably say, like, are you sure? Right. <laughs> so right? I, you know, yeah. So I told Robin, I said, they can answer 254 or 255. I said, because you could argue broadcast, you know, okay. Broadcast network gateway network itself. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you could argue that. Uh, so I, I accepted that, but she said she asked the question, and then he did this. <laughs> and then, he, then he came back and he said, "Two hundred fifty-six." Okay, so so again, what's the point? You know, are you if you're looking for someone who's like super duper network guru, that should be instant. You should not have to think about that. You should not have you know. That's like the team that I managed for the hospital. Um, they recently went through, a couple of them went through um, an EDR uh, utility uh, remote response. And it's essentially a command shell on remote systems, mm -hmm. right? And after one person took the course, I realized that this member of my team was completely lost. And I asked him, and, and it was because that team member's knowledge of the command prompt was very weak. Yeah. And so I asked in the next morning in our, in our morning standup, how many of you are very comfortable with command prompt, you know, either bash command.exe or PowerShell? I said, okay, how many of you could, if I give you a location on a shared network drive, can copy a file from, copy your host's file on your workstation to a location on the shared network drive. None of them, one, one of them felt confident doing that. Just one, just copying a file. And I said, who's signed up for this course? And they all, you know, like three of them did. I said, unenroll right now. And they just kind of looked at me. I was like, right now. And then they started moving and they go and I wrong. Like, they're like, but, but I thought we wanted us to learn this. I said, this is learning how to drive a Formula One race car. Here's the problem. You don't know how to drive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just, they're like, oh. Mm -hmm. So I have readjusted the training curriculum for this year and we need to get them like operating system fundamentals. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. Well, so and, again, if it was an entry level person and they did this and looked it up, I'd say kudos. kudos yeah. If you're a senior system admin or a senior network person, though, mm -hmm. red flag, buddy, red yeah. flag. Well, and and honestly, if you gave me a subnet beyond the basics, you know, a two five five or a two five five or a, a B or C slash eight. Yeah, slash eight. Uh, I have a bookmark of a subnet calculator that I yes. use over and over and over again. Subnet you know? calculator I, that <laughs> is one of the bookmarks I have as well under my security twos folder. Yeah, because whenever I'm whenever I'm uh, building out an Azure instance, I'm like, I only want 16 addresses. Dang it, is that 28 or is that 30? It's, <laughs> it's 30. <laughs> but I'll do the subnet calc. Okay, and then you know, it's 
it's math I just don't keep in my head because I don't it's not part of my everyday. It's it is part of my everyday, but I'm not doing calculations every day. Right. You're exposed to it, but you're not doing it every day. It's like you drink coffee every day, but you're not necessarily making a latte every day. Yeah. Yeah. You I'm know? not roasting the beans. I'm bingo. Not... <laughs> yeah. There you go. So so yeah. Cool. So on that note, one of the reasons, so number one, the reason is I, I went late because I was dedicated to getting this stupid ongoing project completed for my client. And number two, you have another interview coming up. I have an interview in 13 minutes, 13 minutes. All right. Well, let's move on then. What else have you got to talk about? Oh, well, so real, I mean, I'll sum up the new commerce experience with Microsoft. <laughs> I can't wait to hear your experience because I know mine was hellish. <laughs> All right. So, so Peter, before we start that, would you like me to kick you in the head or in the nuts? I would think the nuts because <laughs> I have, I just still have this lingering headache right now that if you do that, it'll distract me from it and the freaking new, new commerce experience headache will go away. Yeah. So, so the new commerce experience, I get it. I mean, Microsoft has been charging the same price for the last, uh, I think it was 12 years. Uh, and so it's fair that it's time to increase it. That's fair. I mean, and, and they're not alone. Every, my other hosted exchange provider is raising prices. Dell sent a note out to all of their customers saying, FYI, prices are going up soon. You know, so everything's going up. So I'm with you on that one. Sorry. Yeah. Let me interrupt. Yeah. So it's fair. I get it. But what I don't like is you and I are CSP, cloud service providers. So we have probably five, I have close to five or 600 licenses that I manage. And with the new commerce experience, I am now, no. If, if you were my client and you had two Office 365 licenses under the new commerce agreement, if I want to get you the best pricing, I sign you up for a year. So that means you are obligated to pay for 20 licenses. Well, what if you hire a guy or gal? Okay, so now you have 22. What if they don't work out? Now you've only got 21 people but you still have 22 licenses because you're contractually obligated. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> so yep. that's, yeah. that's one part of the new commerce experience that blows. What else? Yeah. Well, and you, you can, uh, well, so they, they raised it by the 15% period and you can opt out of the 12 month obligation and you can pay month to month for 35% more. <laughs> so I get that they need to raise prices. I understand that. I support that. I honestly, I follow suit. Paradigm, I raised my rates for the first time in years this year as well. Mm -hmm. I get it. What I don't like is the way that this was not communicated to me. And so I don't know about you who now we both switched and we're now both buying through the same distributor, mm -hmm. right? Correct. Switch. And I got to say, it's only early. I've only gotten one bill from them so far, but so far I'm liking them. Mm -hmm. So far, the new, the new distributor we're using is way better. They're way more communicative. And they, as you mentioned, they were able to answer my questions. And if the guy I talked to didn't answer the question or the gal, 
they found the person who could. Mm-hmm. And that's all I asked for. And my previous distributors, nothing of the sort. Yeah. Just like no answer, no reply. And the only thing my customer rep could ever do is just send another email after I had nudged them and, you know, like, hey, can we get a response? And and the answer is always no. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And I could never get a response. Like you said, it's it was 24 hour ping them again. 24 yeah. hour ping them again. And yep. then they'd answer uselessly. So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so I, the I, new folks so far. Oh, and I, and I love their interface. I don't oh, know what the did, so I, we weren't using the same ones before though, right? We were not buying. You were buying with TD, right? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you were with them. I was with the company that they acquired. Right. Right. <laughs> so so now the new guys, um, their interface works on my phone. Uh-huh. I can provision, I can, it's not the best experience, but I can provision licenses and, and, you know, stuff with my, my mobile device. I would never have tried that with the other one. It was so convoluted. Yeah. Yeah. Very complex. Um, and I did say my numbers wrong. So it was, it's a 35% cumulative total, 15% plus yeah. 20% penalty for the, uh, if you want to go month to month. But that actually, I believe, works out to 38% because it's 15% and then 20% on top of that. Oh, okay. Right. So (laughs) first you raise it up by 15 and then you raise that by 20, which Mm -hmm. comes out to 38. So I, the rumor mill, uh aha. So here's a, here's a something that you might find interesting. There are a lot of people like you and me who are frustrated now because at the end of the day, if our client who with the scenario that they now have 22 and they don't want to pay for it, who's on the hook actually to pay the licenses? We are (laughs) because we're being billed by our reseller who is beholden to Microsoft. So they're going to do what Microsoft tells them they have to do. I mean, which is bill us, bill us, and we bill our client. So if our client doesn't pay us, then we still are billed for it. So there are a lot of CSPs besides us who are not happy about that. And there is some noise in the environment that we may not be stuck with that license. We, yeah, I, I've, I've heard the rumor mill that, oh, Microsoft <laughs> is investigating this, but I'm like, investigate harder. Yeah, I mean, because we're their advocates. And, you know, the best thing, you know, they, they want their advocates selling and they want their advocates having the freedom to, to do with licenses that, that we get more. I guarantee, you, you know, you go through any of our clients, if you, we did an audit, we would find licenses that are over. Uh-huh. It's Unused, very, but un- still being paid for. But still being paid for. I mean, we try to, we audit that every month, but there's still always like, oh, they're being charged for 21. Let's drop that back to 20. Uh, but it's, it's to Microsoft's benefit for them to give us that freedom of not being beholden to that 12-month contract. I'll be honest, 
I think more times out of than not, it's me who's overpaying because I've forgotten to bill my client for it. Ah. <laughs> I'm better at that now. I fixed that. But there have been times when I have had like licenses go on for six months and I didn't notice. And I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, um, you know, how in our master services agreement, there's that clause that says delay is not a waiver. Well, <laughs> I haven't been wavering. <laughs> so. I don't know if you've used this, but the new sync to your contract with our new vendor is awesome. So I have I, not. Well, you use that with with ConnectWise, right? Yeah, with ConnectWise. I don't. Wise. I don't have. I don't have that, so I don't have any integration. It's all manual for me. I'm sorry, Kaseya. So we have Kaseya. I don't have uh, that either. <laughs> but it's awesome, though. I provision three. I hit sync. Synchronizes it right into my contract. That is that is nice. That, that is, is nice. nice. It, and I mean, it, it reduces it, you know, if it went from three to two, it yep. reduces it. Uh, it also throws it in as the proactive date. So yep. if we put it in today, there's whatever, six days or seven days left in the month, it'll charge it for that as the date on it. Yeah, that that's, that's pretty cool. I'll give you that. Um, I, um, for, for again, you know, for the um, volume that I do, now, you know, it's just, it doesn't make sense for me to use a full-blown PSA for stuff just because, you know, most of my work is consulting rather than, you know, MSP stuff recording, you know, billable, but you know, it's nice to have that automation. Like when you do screw up and forget to, uh, you know, bill someone and just have it automatically done. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. I fixed that on the human end, you know, the human on the procedure side of things where now the first thing I do when provisioning a new license is adjust their recurring contract. Mm-hmm. The next thing I do, because this is also new with the new commerce experience. The next thing I do is I send them a partial month bill mm-hmm. because that happens now. Microsoft did not do that, nor did they go out of their way to let everybody know. Cause what used to happen is if you provision something on the fifth of the month, you did not get billed again until the first of the following month. Correct. Now you'll get a partial month bill for the fifth of the month. <laughs> so the next thing I do is I invo- in send a partial month invoice and then I go in and actually buy the licenses to add to their account. Yeah. So I don't do that. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, they still get invoiced for it, but I don't send a separate invoice. It's a line item in their next invoice. So with my, what I have my accounting package set to do is I enter it as a delayed charge and then it will show up on their next recurring invoice. There you go. So I just say like, bill me later. Cause I was, I had one of my, my second or third largest, well, probably my now at this fourth, no, second, second largest client. Um, they were buying lots of little materials from, you know, laptop here, webcam there, five desktops here, 10 licenses there. And I was sending them like 15 invoices a month. Yeah. And that's, a and, you know, and, and I was getting, you know, like it was a hassle for me too. So then, you know, we looked at it and of course the, the guy, my contact there was horrible at explaining what the problem was. And I finally talked with the, um, with their AP person. And I was just like, Oh, so are you just asking, like, can we just consolidate and send a single bill? Is that what you're asking? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, Oh, and I looked in, cause I use QuickBooks. I use QuickBooks online. I just enter a delayed charge 
and mm -hmm. I have their recurring template set to you know gather up any outstanding charges at the end of the month and ship it. Cool. Well, we are at the top of the hour. We have the option, you and I have the option of coming back in an hour if you have the option in your life. I will not have the option in an hour, but I will have the option maybe in two hours. Um, the reason is I am going out for a run because part of my ultra marathon training plan today calls for an eight plus mile run with nearly a thousand feet of elevation gain. Wow. All right. And it is now warmer than it's going to be for the rest of the day. So now is my window. Okay. So I will be conducting another interview <laughs> at that point, and then okay. I'll be on the road. So this All was right. our, our, our short, short cast. Short cast. That is excellent. Um, that's great. I'm going to, um, I'm going to punt all of the, um, um, yeah, next time. Drop it into the next episodes. To, there we go. To talk, to talk about next times. There will be a next time. So thank you, dear listener. If you would like to get a hold of us, we can be reached at blurring the lines podcast.com. Adam is at sublime comp on Twitter I am at Nicolaitis on Twitter. He's at Sublime Computer Service. Is, service, is, service is, is. Is. I never forget which one of you guys is the plural and which one isn't, but you do more than the other guy does. So yes, yeah. sublimecomputerservices.com. I'm at nicolaitis.com, yogawithpeter.com, paradigmcc.com. And sometimes you can find both of us at friendswithbeer.com. Yes, you can. On that note, sir, good luck with your interview and please... Hit that big red button. To contact either us or our guests, visit BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.